When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Alright guys, welcome back to the Established Past Podcast, presented by Clutch Points. I'm your host, Point Level with me as always, my co-host, Dylan Reagan. We're back here to explore our rankings for wide receivers. Uh, if you listen to the quarterback rankings episode, you know that was quite a treat. Um, Dylan and I are trying to figure out who we're going to pick for each of these 10 spots. And how we do it, of course, is uh, we go 1 through 10, and uh, we go through alternate picks, and that forms our top 10 rankings for this specific position heading into the 2022 NFL season. So, Dylan, we'll see um, how wide receiver, how well we do with this one compared to our quarterback list. Um, you, once again, because we we did the we decided to go alternating, uh, you picked, what was it? You picked second quarterbacks last year, so yep. you went first on the quarterbacks this year. You picked second in the wide receivers last year, so you're going to pick first in the wide receivers this year. By the way, we didn't just make Dylan pick second every time. We we also had the, the running back rankings yep. in between. We just didn't get a chance to get to that one this season. Uh, but So, if you're wondering why, I promise I let Dylan pick first every now and then. So. Which was very kind of you, but I, I think in yep. this case I'd almost rather you pick first. It's <laughs> or At least with the top uh, two guys that I'm thinking of here, um, Maybe as we go down the list, it'll get a little easier. But I, I think it's kind of like the quarterbacks. It felt like every pick I had, I was choosing between two guys. Right off the bat here, I'm going to be kind of doing the same. But looking at our list, I think we had we definitely uh, last year we had probably seven of the ten guys that ended up you could uh, will still be on our top ten list. Uh, three of them that maybe a bit too high. Uh, maybe going off some past um factors and still some things that are maybe have held Allen robinson back in particular i don't believe he's going to be on our top 10 this year but uh who knows after this season with the going to the rams what he could potentially do with stafford there he's stafford's had a lot of receivers with that similar kind of skill set perform well but otherwise we, we hit pretty well I, I don't feel too bad about that list going into last season in particular um but i think yeah and obviously impossible for us to have known that jamar chase was going to uh, I mean, we could have projected he was going to have a really good year, but I would not have said you'd for sure know he's going to be a top 10 guy. So I think a sim- similarly to last year, we're probably not going to be looking at rookies necessarily. Um, in terms of rookies, we were going through the list. There's no guy clearly going to a team like Jamar Chase did with Joe Burrow with that level of quarterback. Probably the best receiver that, uh, with, or the best quarterback receiver situations are Sky Moore with the Chiefs and Christian Watson with uh, Rodgers. Those are both second round picks, though. So no, uh, no rookie is going to be on this list this year, at least. Yeah, I don't think so. We were talking about that before we started recording, and I just don't see it. I don't see anyone necessarily in a spot to where you feel like they're just going to eclipse the top ten. Now, we're not to say these guys can have big seasons, but um, eclipsing the top ten, I think, is going to be a tough situation because, like you said, it has a lot to do with the quarterback situation um, for most of these guys, really, when you think about it. So, um, yeah, so so that will be interesting to see if any of these guys were to kind of have that magical season, but uh, at least right now it's hard to see. All right, that means Dylan's on the clock here. Number one pick. Um, like you said, I think it's 
I think it's pretty clear it's going to be between two guys, which, what do you know, will make my second pick very easy because it will be the guy you don't pick. But <laughs> I'm curious to see which one you go with here because I, I do think it's a, a pretty, I don't want to say clear again because, I, I mean, you could certainly make the case for a couple guys behind them. But yeah. um, I think there's a there's a top two here that you would have a hard time picking in any other order, I think. so. Yeah, it's, I mean, they're, they're, I mean, some people might argue for a few, a few other receivers that they feel like maybe are um, system, uh, more system friendly or, or in terms of like they could go to any system and perform at the same high level, uh, that they're not completely a product of the, the system they're in, coaching staffs, receivers. I don't think these two guys are at the top that I believe we're both on the same page about without saying it, but um that's uh, there is still a connotation a little bit for Cooper Cup on that. I'm going to go with Devonte Adams uh, with number one with the number one pick, just slightly over Cooper. I mean, he's just the thing. Uh, Cup's season was insane, and and he's even talked about how he's he doesn't see uh, improvement, meaning as, you know having higher stats than last year. He just wants to improve as a football player. It's almost impossible to have you know one of the greatest receiving seasons we've ever seen the triple crown we hadn't seen since steve smith in 2005 in terms of yards receptions touchdowns i mean those kinds of things i still think he's going to be a huge part of obviously what the rams do his connection with stafford is ridiculous only another year together but i i just the thing about Devonte adams we've seen it over a course of a number of years and, and it's not the and cup still put, put up solid numbers when he was with jerry goff and obviously he's battled through different health things he's also improved so much um but i think just Devonte, uh, his route running's on it he, he's basically a full package of what he can do his ability to create space early on in his routes uh his ability to run everything on the route tree and i think you know he's going from a guy that he played with for many years in the nfl to a guy he played with and knew in college so I don't think in terms of chemistry-wise we're going to see necessarily a huge uh, knockoff. I don't think his numbers necessarily will be as high. But if you're just looking at the one receiver for 2022, again, only, we're not looking – we're not projecting uh, 10 years' worth of, of, of receiver play. We'd probably be looking at maybe a couple of younger guys that are going to be on this list if that was the case. But for just 2022, I mean – I just don't know if there's a guy you'd rather have in your offense than Devontae Adams. He's put up just ridiculous stats year in and year out, but on advanced stats, every I mean, every level of traditional stats, it doesn't matter how you what you value with your uh, statistical knowledge and what you just watching the guy play football. But he's just ridiculous and you know, uh, just a, a one man wrecking crew. That as I've already talked about, really excited to see what you have with other one on one matchup nightmares, uh, depending on where they're on the field and Hunter Renfrew and Darren Waller along with Adams it should be a lot of fun to watch that Raiders offense yeah I think Aaron Rodgers would like to have Devontae Adams um I think he'd probably prefer that too <laughs> if, he, if he still had him so uh no I, I look you, you can't argue I think with that situation like you said I think you look at what he's accomplished and what he's going to bring to the Raiders and I mean that's why we keep talking about it. that's why we think the, the AFC West is just going to be well, it's going to be a monster. Um, just depend, you know, adding a player like him to the Raiders and, and how much that could change what you know they could do offensively, you know, game in and game out. So I, I think that's that's probably the route I would have gone. But you know, I say that, and we know my love for Cooper Cup, um, <laughs> the you know guy who won me a fantasy championship last year and uh, just an unbelievable season. And that's obviously where I'm going to go at number two. Uh, I, I will pick Cooper Cup for this one. Um, I mean, my goodness, it's just uh, obviously 
we thought he'd have a good year. He wasn't on our list last year, but um, we know how valuable he's been to the Rams offense since he's been there. But to have the season he had last year, just uh, absolutely remarkable uh, in terms of what he accomplished. Now, certainly, you know, is he going to be able to match those numbers this year? I think it will be hard to do, but yet you still look at this guy and you just feel like he has pretty much, um, you know, everything you need. And you talk about just an unbelievable season. I mean, a historic season. There's no other way to put it. Like he had a season that not many people have had um, before. And so, you know, putting him at number two, listen, there'll be some Rams fans that probably aren't happy about that. Of course, Dylan (laughs) is a a Rams fan. So it's not like we're doing this with any bias whatsoever. Uh, But as we said, you could certainly make the argument for him to be at number one. Um, But you know, look, uh, number you're basically one A and one B yeah. here. I think with these two, so. maybe I'm again uh, similar to Stafford, where I would have taken him one spot lower than I ended up putting him. I right. maybe I'm taking my bias too far into account. Yeah, because Cup did. I mean, he had one of the he was a, in PFF's grade. He had one of their highest grades they've ever given out for a full season of receiver play, not just the best for last year. He in DYAR uh, from Football Outsiders and efficiency stats, he was a significant bump above Devante and the next receiver which might be my number three pick here but I mean he just yeah it was just a ridiculous season that I don't in the, again as Cooper's talked about it's you can't even try to look at replicating those numbers his effect on the field and what how teams are going to game plan for him is just going to only open up things for other receivers on the Rams and, and that offense and I'm, I know with Sean McVay they're going to be ready for that and those aren't and it's the same thing though we're going to see Cooper in this year getting maybe some of the what Devante's the treatment he's gotten four years in terms of how offenses approach him um, as teams obviously did over the course of the year started adjusting and it still didn't matter he still wasn't he's still unstoppable but yeah I think he's pretty firmly for me if I had the number two pick and again I, it's 1A 1B I, I'm very happy with the Rams having Cooper Cup also with his contract and that isn't yeah. uh, he got his raise obviously but still not necessarily uh, a guy that was looking for a top of the market uh, deal especially in the guaranteed money it's just not even approaching some of these other receiver deals that we've seen so uh definitely very happy from the rams fan point of view to have cooper there so yeah yeah i think so he'll he'll have another great season uh is the expectation and yeah 1a 1b here don't it's not really one two i think it's 1a 1b with these two and um you know pick pick your preference you're getting uh superstars out of either so all right dylan now we turn the the table's back to you, and uh, you now are in the unenviable spot of picking number three, yeah. which I think there's, boy, there's several to choose from here. Um, so, once again, you are the one having to be put in this position. Uh, but I, I think even, no matter who you pick, I think me at number four, it's going to be more challenging than it was yeah. number four for our quarterbacks, because I think, again, you've got a pretty, I don't even know what your number would be for this group. Like, I think you got a group of probably four or five five guys um, six guys that's (laughs) pretty pretty remarkable so uh, we'll see which way you go yeah the depth of the position I mean that's what's already been so crazy Uh, a lot of people have talked about this but the fact that all these deals are popping off um, for receivers the market's ballooning at the same time there's more amazing receivers uh, probably than there have ever been Um, just absolute game records all over the place Um, it's pretty nuts how uh, the level like just looking down the list of all the receivers that I could possibly put on this list I mean you get into like the low 30s and you still got guys that were putting up insane years last year Um, uh, it's uh, it's pretty remarkable but just looking at this top group I have probably about five 
six guys uh, in this next maybe seven. I mean, it might be through like number nine, ten. I almost feel like I know kind of what my top ten guys will be, but I have from three to ten. It is it is pretty yeah. neck and neck. I mean, there you can't. I, I don't feel bad about the choices I'm going to be making because no matter who you talk to, they're probably going to have a different variation of this group. And there's a couple guys that I do think that people might put into this into the one two spot depending on their own personal opinion um i i don't want to give away all the guys so i'm going to just go with the one i'm actually going to put here i probably i'll I'll stick to the guy that had the third highest dyar season right there alongside Devontae adams a a, a decent little drop off between the number four uh group and on i'll go justin jefferson uh here did not fall off by any means in his second year after setting all those rookie records that jamar chase just broke um I, I think what he does for that offense and how quickly he's assimilated into it uh for me he he deserves this spot so he might be a little lower i think he's probably on everyone's top 10 list but uh i was just looking at the receivers i'd want for this year I, I don't know if there's too many guys i'd put above him maybe maybe one two more where i'd really consider it um and i'll see where i hope you won't take one of those guys so i can grab him at the number five pick but um, I think that Jefferson just deserves, I mean, his, his ridiculous level of play again. Um, and a guy that uh, so much is put on him in that Vikings offense, and he just fills the role so well. Yeah, you know, I, I, you just, obviously Kirk Cousins is still a quality quarterback, but you do wonder what he could have done if he was on a, on a Rams or a Packers, the same way that Cooper Cup and Devontae Adams were the last two years. You, uh, we'll see I get a little bit with Kevin O'Connell coming over there, see how bringing a guy that was – you know a big part of cooper cups ascension and how he helped that offense with the rams as their offense coordinator and probably maybe had the most actual control of the of the offensive play calling and what was actually happening of any of these uh coordinators that have cycled through for the rams as the offense coordinator under sean McVay. so excited to see what he does i think jefferson deserves uh if he's not in the number three spot he'd be around this area but i'll put him in it's pencilman number three yeah i mean like we said i i think there's a group of you said five, six guys, maybe right here that you could bounce back and forth on, and man, that that makes it hard because I didn't expect you to pick Justin Jefferson. So now it's <laughs> like um, now I'm thinking, oh boy. Yeah. Um, well, now I've got to figure out which way I'm going to go here. Um, man, this is uh, gosh. I mean, look, we're, like I said we're both big fans of Justin Jefferson, and as you kind of documented, sort of the what he's been able to do. Um, this is a tough one to pick at number four because I'm thinking, like we said, that I mean our our list has gone down to five or four now versus five or six because you just picked one. But oh man, I think that I'm going to head to Buffalo. Um, wow, yeah. And I think I'm going to pick, which is interesting, right? Because we're going to go Justin Jefferson, Stephon Diggs <laughs> back to back here, and you think about uh, the dynamic there, Minnesota, and yeah. all that. So. I just, yeah, I think I would go Stefan Diggs here. I don't think I could put him lower than this. Um, and we just talk about a guy who's just an unbelievable playmaker. We've seen kind of, you know, what he's done in that offense and, you know, as Josh Allen's grown and it's, you know, both each helps the other. Like, I think that's yeah. probably the best way to put it uh, in terms of obviously with Josh Allen getting better accuracy and those kind of things, that's going to help Diggs and, all that I just we've seen so many examples of him just completely changing a game in one play and I think that you know the speed everything he can do I feel like it's all there so 
I mean, I, I will name some of the guys that obviously we're putting in this group. Like, it's hard to skip over a DeAndre Hopkins if he's fully healthy. Obviously, we're talking about Tyreek Hill, um, you know, Jamar Chase uh, in there. I mean, it's like these guys, It's you're, you're splitting hairs here and trying to figure out how to separate all these guys. But I don't know. Maybe there's just something I like about putting Jefferson and Diggs back-to-back here. Yeah. But, um, I, I'm going to go Stephon. Yeah, I think he was probably who I was going to pick number four here, and if I, if I had the choice, um, I, I did consider him for the number three spot. Both, it's I mean they are different receivers, but both guys that are really good in man to man, really good against uh, press coverage, and uh, maybe Diggs. I know he's obviously lauded for his uh, ability to re- run routes, but I think his. Uh, as they note in some of these, if you read scouting reports from last year on different sites, they, they definitely note his ability at the catch point being probably a little underrated for his size. This guy will ball win against any corner in the NFL. Um, like you said, his his ability also with, with Allen in, in particular, and their chemistry is so important because there's so many plays where Josh breaks the, the play breaks down and he's gonna he's gonna extend the play and guys have to get open they have that second nature you're seeing it a bit with Gabriel Davis too down the stretch of the season but Diggs also I mean a lot of people pointed out some of his uh he didn't have the best numbers in that final game against the Chiefs at certain points but I mean that's that's a product of like how much Kansas City is is putting tilting their defense to him and it opened up so many things for guys like Gabriel Davis um, it's something that important to remember when you look at just rate numbers it's it's not always uh, indicative of what is actually happening on the field with how, the impact the guy has and I think Diggs has as much impact as anyone in terms of what's actually going to happen uh, playing and play out I think he definitely deserves to be in this spot just uh, just clearly one of the best receivers in the league and uh, excited to see another year with Josh and how that offense is going to just c- continue to evolve. I think he's he's still got plenty of plenty of good years ahead of him. Yep, I think so. So there you go. Um, Minnesota Vikings ties for three and four here, but uh, one still on the Vikings, one not. But, uh, hey, Vikings fans, Justin Jefferson has eclipsed Stefan Diggs in our rankings, so that shows you how well Jefferson has, has adjusted to the NFL this yep. point. And, He's been a superstar, but uh, nothing to scoff after Diggs to be at number four. So, all right, now you at number five. Like we said, I think there's a there's a group here. Um, you know, those guys add in Debo Samuel in there. Yeah. You've got uh, Mike Evans mm-hmm. and his AJ, and AJ Brown. Brown. You know, it's like my goodness, so we're gonna we're gonna leave a really we're gonna leave a couple of really talented players off this list here. But um, yeah, this I think this is a tough one. Like this is tougher than the quarterbacks because I think you've got a group here that. You know, as we said before, like quarterbacks, there was a couple guys you felt like in each tier, maybe of where we're picking them. Here, I think you've got like, I feel like you got like one tier with Devontae Adams and Cooper Cup, and then the, everybody else. Like, I feel like it's yeah. just you know, take your pick from the rest of the group. So, and there'll be guys that a hundred percent we're going to send into this top ten this year. It's just hard to predict. Um, I like the there's a group that I like you said we're gonna leave off a group of like seven eight guys that are gonna in their own right be in their own top ten list and on, probably are gonna be on some people's top ten list um, for number five it's I'm looking at personally a guy uh, one guy that's pretty new to the league and a couple guys that have been around the block for a second one in particular that I'm considering here I'm not sure if I'm gonna take him is DeAndre Hopkins just in terms of obviously had his suspension for the PED test. So he had the the rank numbers and the the whole stats are not going to be as high, but it's just still one of the best, uh, you know, you looked at that Cardinals offense without him down the stretch and in that playoff game. I mean, they just 
complete shell of what they can be when Hopkins is on the field. His ability just to win one-on-one is still up there with anyone in the league. I, I like. I feel like I should put him here, but I'm maybe I'm just too far on the hype train. Uh, I'm going to go Jamar Chase. We're, we're going with the kids here in this top five. Yeah. We're going to get both of the, wow. the best. The, the guys, we'll take, I already did took Justin Jefferson. They got set all those rookie records. Now i got to take the guy that broke all those records one year later. <laughs> doesn't happen often. I think his the only thing with Jamar, obviously, is that we saw at certain points, at least from a fantasy uh, owner's point of view, his consistency week to week it wasn't always as high as some of the, maybe a few of the guys that are uh, already on our list. That's a product not of him necessarily, though. I mean, this team, the Bengals have so many weapons, and I, I just think you, obviously, they have different things. Uh, Joe Burrow having another year in the offense, being obviously staying healthier and not having a, a really awful knee injury. But, I mean, they had some of the other pieces in place before, and Jamar just elevated that offense to a degree that made, you know, allows, it just trickles down to Tyler Boyd being the number three guy. Now you have a receiver that's, probably on if he's not in the top 20s right off that top 20 list t higgins is probably right on the cusp of being a top 10 receiver some lists probably have him there i mean jamar just took those guys and now they get to slide from one two to two three i mean his big play ability obviously insane how he's able to just create out of nothing i mean it's just such his chemistry with joe burrow can't be understated here you do wonder in general like we mentioned with some of these other rookie receivers not coming into as good as situations but i mean there's times of that offensive line too where they have to get the ball out quick and jamar's catching you know he takes a little immediate kind of screen pass on the outside and gets like 30 40 yards in, in games like the titans playoff game where they're not getting anything done they're getting tons of pressure all they do is like let's just get the ball to jamar and he makes a play he's his speed is ridiculous uh, obviously a lot of memes a lot of things made about that final play in the super bowl where if, if joe burrow has a few more seconds to look probably not even uh he probably didn't need a little more time than that uh to find jamar breaking free i mean he obviously had the one deep catch against jalen earlier in that game i i just think this guy i mean when the, when he's uh, when the lights are on obviously a lot was made of him dropping balls in the preseason all the stuff i have to remember he sat out the whole 2020 season but I think he, if he wasn't going to be number five, he'd be shortly after. And right now, even for this one year, I don't know if there's many receivers I'd rather have just in terms of his ability. And I guess not exactly the same as Diggs, but maybe a guy that size-wise isn't the biggest dude, but still an absolute ball winner. Just ridiculous how many times Joe would just throw the ball up and you see Jamar closely guarded and he finds a way to adjust. His tracking skills are ridiculous. I mean, he's the full package and uh, already quickly became one of the best receivers in the league. And I think and my you know if he's not top five he's top seven for me at least yeah i, I mean like you said I, I think it's hard to keep him out of this this range like it's just, there's no way he's dropping much further and um we saw and it is so funny to think back I remember the conversation we were having in the preseason last year about all the drops and everybody was just like this guy's gonna be a bust and well he, he was he was a bust all right he um a lot of coverages were were busted yeah. after, uh, via this guy so um, yeah, he he certainly made his mark for sure. And there, I mean, look, and one one season in, and now he's in our top five heading into um, you know his second season. So that shows you just how how much of an impact he made last year, and the expectations for him to do the exact same this season. All right, well, now this makes it tough on me again because I'm like I'm looking at a couple of guys here, and I'm like, all right, one of these guys is about to drop a seven, and um, you know, you mentioned on DeAndre Hopkins. I, I don't think I can. I think this is going to be one of those situations kind of looked at some of the others. Like, I feel like he can't drop lower than sixth. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to pick him in this spot. I just feel like 
you know, there will be some people that will probably make the argument that he should be higher. And like we said, I, I think you could absolutely make the argument he could, you know, be, I mean, like I said, I mean, even up to three, I guess, on this list. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I think the injury stuff, that that is something that you'll talk about kind of heading into the season, of course, and getting the most out of him and, and those kind of things. Um, you know, what, he's not going to be, they're not going to have him for the first six seasons, but or six seasons, six games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's like, again, if we're picking our top ten heading into the season, I just still don't think you can leave the guy off there um, just based on what we know he can do when he's on the field. And sure, you know, am I going to run out and draft him immediately in fantasy knowing he's not available for six games or something? That's a different discussion. But I think in terms of how we're ranking players and where we're putting them based on skill sets and those kind of things, I think I'd be happy with him here at six. And this is a team, as we've talked about, that has – performed well early in seasons and kind of starts to taper off as teams get used to their scheme and are able to figure things out and they get a little out coached at some points in my opinion but um now maybe they can they can uh win without him and then they'll get him when they actually need him for that stretch run maybe they'll have some new tricks up their sleeve um for when hopkins does come back but yeah i can't complete like like you said maybe fantasy is one thing and thinking about the whole season is one thing but in terms of just who are the best receivers when they're on the field in 2022 assuming they play most of the games hopkins still has to be on this list i i almost took him at number five even like you said considered him all the way up to number three i think he's part of this group that we're talking about still just one of the most obviously ridiculous uh sideline receivers in terms of his ability to keep his feet in it's just ridiculous how he does that and doesn't really drop many passes i think of the one he he had one fourth down drop that was a really big one in the last regular season matchup between the rams and cardinals um that's like the only drop i can think of (laughs) the whole season from him he's his hands are ridiculous uh still yeah he, he deserves to be in this in this grouping absolutely and again as we already kind of mentioned like that Arizona offense without him, and I'll be curious to see in these first games, like you're saying, um, even if they have performed better, they don't exactly have the easiest start to the schedule. Um, they they do at least the first three weeks. They get the Chiefs, the Raiders, and the Rams. Uh, it does it maybe get a bit easier with Carolina? I don't know if you can say it's that easy with Philadelphia this year and then Seattle, but um, gonna it's an important stretch for them because of just the tendency of this team to not play or their record seems to taper off the last two years over the course of the whole season if they can't build up that big um that big gap early on and it'll be yeah we'll see it should be pretty telling with arizona coming out to start a season without this guy to you'll see the impact of him not being there he's he's that good and it still baffles to think about the the Hopkins trade with the Texans all these years later, it's still something that every now and then I'm like, how did that, like, it, in yeah. the moment was awful, and it's still it's still kind of striking to look at. Terrible move still. There's no doubt about it. Um, but uh, that, that regime, as we know, no longer in charge for the <laughs> yeah. Texans. Probably a, probably a good thing. Um, all right, number seven. Uh, man, there's a guy we've not named yet that uh, it's wild to think he's down here this far, and I don't know if you'll be the one to take him or maybe I take him at eight, but quite a group here, still available. Um, yep. Man, it, it is. They're, I'm looking down, I'm looking down the list here. I'm like, yep, that guy's not going to make it. That guy's not going to make it. And, um, you know, we could certainly make the argument to, to put that guy in one of these spots. So we'll see where you go at number seven. Yeah, there's plenty. It's it's insane how many guys are going to get left off, and hopefully those are the guys that get some added feel from not just our list, but all sorts of uh, receiver rankings going into the season. I mean, the depth of the position is just ridiculous. I 
I, but I do, at least personally, I think I have four names left that are, I think I can't, like all four of them are guys I can't imagine not being in the top ten. So it's almost like, yes, I'm sorry to some guys. That I, I did mention I think like T. Higgins is going to get just left off. Um, love Scary Terry. Love love Allen Robinson. Keenan Allen even. Um, a guy that uh, probably going to get left off barely for me. But uh, we'll see what you, where you go. At this point, though, with these four, I think I'm going to go Tyreek. I think that might be who you're yeah. referring yeah. to. Uh, obviously, at times, uh, didn't have the consistency last year that we've seen, but he still has the game at just a ridiculous speed. I mean, the touchdown he scores in that back-and-forth playoff game at the, the Bills route, he catches it around, like, what, the 40-yard line, and just watching him just move at a different level, like, he, even for him, fast. Uh, just no chance to catch him. It was, I mean, with the, uh, just a, a moment that gives you goosebumps, even looking back at it in the moment, obviously did, unless you're a Bills fan. But, I mean, this guy's still... It just one of the most ridiculous deep receivers over the last four or five seasons. Um, obviously, moving to a different offense, it's going to be very interesting to see how his productivity uh, stays up there. We've talked a bit, and I'm excited to get into the division previews, and especially with the Dolphins, with how big of a overhaul in terms of uh, what McDaniel's going to try to do with the offensive line being retooled, some of the uh, running backs, and what they're going to try to do to open things up. But I think the speed of him and and Waddle, a guy that a rookie that not going to probably be on this list, but again a receiver that put up some ridiculous numbers and efficiency stats over the course of last season. Uh, seeing those two guys together should be a lot of fun, even with some of the productivity things down a bit for Tyreek still ends up with seventh in DYAR football outsiders efficiency stat for receivers. So, I mean, he still was right in this range um, in terms of his play, despite that. Um, I think I'm ex- also don't, you know, at times maybe, and even Andy Reed talked about this a little bit, adjusting to life without Tyreek Hill talked about uh, sometimes maybe they're trying to just hit that big play a little too often, but I just don't think that's, you know, and especially for Andy Reid, obviously they use this guy in a ton of crossers. It's not just completely true. He's just trying to be have a positive outlook on what's going to happen without Tyreek. But, man, this guy, for for as much as I'm still going on and on about him being a big play threat, he's just as much a guy that you can throw the ball over the middle on little hitches, anything uh, not so dissimilar from DeMar, Jamar Chase where you just give him the ball and he's going to make a play happen. Um, and he's, for his size, the, the guy really doesn't, battles through injuries does not get miss a ton of time when he is having nagging things just really fun player to watch and um i'm really excited to see how mcdaniel puts him in the offense i just you know his what who his value as a receiver maybe isn't going to be reflected we can't expect Tua to all of a sudden put, be putting up those kind of stats with the receiver that patrick mahomes is able to but i think tyreek's impact on that offense is going to be really fun to watch it and see how mcdaniel makes it all work it's one of the things i'm definitely most intrigued looking ahead to the 2022 season for yeah, I think so too. It'll, uh, as we've talked about before with him, it's just um, numbers. You don't really know what to expect, but there's no doubt that if he gets the opportunities, uh, yep. he will certainly take advantage of them. I don't think there's there's any doubt about that. We've, we've seen that many times. And again, he's someone else you could make the case for to be much higher up on this list um, based on where things stand. So, oh boy, here we go. Number <laughs> eight. Um, yeah, here we go. This is... Uh, this is a challenging one um, because I we talk about this this group that's here and man I mean we we talked about some of the guys that are going to be in this this position um, wow like I there's, there's several different guys you can go for here I've you know like you said you had four guys on your list you just added one of them um, man I, 
I think I'm going to go with Mike Evans. I think that, you know, I just feel like he is someone too that's, I don't want to say he's been underrated by any means, but like he's, he still just feels like that yeah. guy that just goes out and we've talked about some of those guys. Different so he's like, he just goes out and does his job. And, you know, it's almost like it's become so routine <laughs> for him to just have, you know, consistently, you know, hundred yards here or there. And it's just kind of like, it's got boring, I guess. Um, <laughs> I feel like that's where he's at at this point. And um, as we know, he's won a Super Bowl and, and all that now. So Brady's back. Um, that can only help him, I think, rather than yeah. obviously there'd be more questions if someone else was under center there this year and they had, you know, more unknowns. But I think because of that, I, I still think his value is pretty high. And so I'll put him here at eight. Yeah. And unlike some of these smaller guys that I'm saying are great at, with contested catches, this is a big dude that goes up and <laughs> catches yeah. the ball and dunks on you constantly. Like you said, just so consistent. And for so many years, even before, I mean, that was part of why when going back to when we looked at the Bucks, along with, I think it was the Colts, but those are the two teams we thought that Tom Brady would probably potentially leave the Pats for. And it was like these weapons and Godwin's right there. But Evans is just like, he's one of the best receivers in the league. It, just, it was always just imagine him with a top tier quarterback. And we've seen that where how effective and how important he is and how big he was in that, in the comeback. Uh, well, they did tie the game, but potential comeback against the Rams, uh, his effectiveness against the Eagles. I mean, all season he, he's battled injuries and that's the only thing that maybe I, you know, he's, we had him eighth on this list last year. And I think him being in the same spot probably makes sense. Cause he did have some career lows and, and, um, some of the pff like war ratings and stuff like that compared to how just insane he's been but he still was a top 10 receiver in those <laughs> metrics despite all the injuries and uh when he was out and those things he finished fourth in dyar according to football outsiders They're, they've always kind of been a on the mike evans train putting him higher on the list of at least statistically uh than a lot of times he's listed on these uh lists like the one we're making right now uh the numbers have always shown he's one of the best receivers in the league and a guy that i yeah, I mean, he's on this next group. He was in that next through uh, um, through seven, eight. That's why I was kind of like, as we looked at the list, I was like, man, this list keeps going back up to about ten, where I stopped, and I'm like, all right, now I feel good about it. But I could have taken yeah. him a little higher. I think this this spot's probably fitting where he is, but um, yeah, somehow still feels underrated just because it, it's just a product though of all these the, some the quantity of really yeah. high um, just top tier receivers and in a different era of the nfl mike evans is like a top three <laughs> consistently yeah. guy all right so there's our top eights um now you you said there's a couple guys left so you're gonna at least get one of your guys here yep. on the list um who knows who i pick at 10 but um you're at least gonna get one of your final two guys that you said are must-haves on here at number nine yeah i it's it's a tough choice between these two but they, uh, i'm not i will be surprised if you don't pick the guy i'm not gonna pick at number 10 just uh maybe a little bit based on where he's played for the last few years but at number nine i'm gonna go with debo samuel um mm. uh, i a guy that i think has to be on this list and i'm worried potentially that there's a chance you would have left him off maybe maybe i'm wrong if i didn't pick him here at number nine <laughs> so that's a little bit of what's going into it but I mean, I the, the dude plays a, a unique style, but I do think he as he's talked about him as as he wants to be paid at the level of some of these other receivers. I do think he can be used differently. It just so happens he's such a unique physical specimen in terms of how he plays the position. I mean, we we talk about the, some of these receivers and the Rams and how good they are at blocking. I mean, Debo is like a fullback with how he blocks and yeah. his punishing nature of how he can run through people. I mean, he he's just it's ridiculous to watch the guy play and how 
crucial he was to what the Niners were able to do last year. We a team that this isn't like you know looking at uh, when everything was just flowing perfectly with the offense line in 2019 when they made that Super Bowl run. This offense at times early in the season struggled, and then they started using Debo in the backfield more, and they started just utilizing him more overall, and the offense really ascended and. He just, man, the dude just makes plays. Another guy you can just give the ball to. Think of the touchdown he had in the in the NFC title game against the Rams, uh, running right towards where I was sitting, but not fun in the moment. But, I mean, just it was a little screen pass, and, I mean, just they couldn't put him down. He was refused to, to, to be tackled in that moment. Um, last year, one of four receivers to have a full season grade from PFF over 90. I mean, they, they had him just having one of the best years in the league. Uh, after the catch, he led, you know, Cooper Cup, one of the best after the Yak guys in the league, but it's still Debo on average that had the most yards after the catch per reception, broke tons of tackles, still an explosive player. He's very unique, uh, very different just in his utilization there with the 49ers. But, again, I don't think if he was in a – and more uh, in an offense and using more of a traditional receiver role, I still think he would ascend and put up some big numbers. So I think he has to be on this list. And I'd I'd put him, you know, maybe I did think of the eight, the the eight little bit, and I had these other two right beneath. But I, I don't think he's far off from being in a top tier kind of receiver. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, you talk about just kind of the variety of ways he's been used, and um, man, there's just so many things about his game that you have to love. And so I think it. I probably would not have left him off the list. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's why, like you said, there are going to be some guys that do get left off. Um, and we'll talk about those guys in a second. You've already mentioned a few of them, but I think I would have had a hard time not picking him at yeah. 10. Um, I don't know though. I, I may have went with one. There's another guy I may have <laughs> went with, but I think his, this other guy's problem is maybe something we're knocking him for that we should not knock him for maybe going into the season. But um We'll talk about that in a second. Um, all right, number 10, you kind of alluded to it. You're like, depending <laughs> on where this guy's played at. And, yeah, I, I, there's no way I can leave A.J. Brown off. Yeah. Um, we know kind of with the Titans and everything, we had him at six last year on our list. He's going to drop down a little bit here. But, of course, you know, you have to remember that's that's bringing Cooper Cup all the way up to, to two on our spot, <laughs> our chase up to five. And, you know, we've added Debo here too. So A.J. Brown moving down is just kind of a project or a product of that. Yeah. Um, not necessarily a, any reflection on him going backwards as a receiver, although, as we said, it will be interesting to see what he does in Philadelphia. Um, you know, goes from Ryan Tannehill to Jalen Hurts. I don't know exactly what that's going to look like uh, because I don't think anyone necessarily looks at either as a top elite quarterback, you know, in the NFL at this very moment. But still, again, from a skill set standpoint, there's no denying what A.J. Brown can do. And, yeah, there there was no way I could leave him off this list. Yeah, I again might have it was really nine A and nine B, similar to the one A and one B situation between Samuel and uh, and AJ here. For over the course of his, it still feel it feels like he's been around longer than what three years. It's all it's been, yeah. and he's just been ridiculous every season, especially yeah. the last two. He's he's been all three years. He's led the, been in the top five yards per route run receiver. I mean that just shows he's he's up there with the best in the league. And he's another dude that just can. Uh, a la Mike Evans talking about big dudes that can just go up and get the ball. He does that. He runs through people. He blocks well. He does everything you could want. Uh, his yeah, has lived up to expectations coming out of that draft and and exceeded them even in my, maybe uh, to an extent. Uh, it's just there's so many guys that get drafted high that to play at the level he has and when he's healthy, you saw how important he was 
to the Titans offense. That's why it's so hard to, you know, some tons of pressure on Traylon Burks to quickly assimilate there and, and take on the role and that you get it. And Traylon does have similar uh, attributes um, in terms of what he might be able to bring there. But I do think AJ just, he, he has the, the skill set, he has the build, and he's put it to the use that you would hope for. And now going to Philadelphia, I, I think he's he complements well what Devontae Smith uh, brings to the table. I, I, there's very different receivers, but both guys that can win one-on-ones, both guys that can bring different elements to that offense. I'm excited to see what they can do because you just felt like at times like beyond Devontae Smith or other receivers that weren't putting up the, the best performances week in and week out for Philly. So now uh, I do have hope. Yeah, he's probably going to use uh, a little bit differently, but I think they'll still take some of what works so well there in, uh, in Tennessee, trying to make a, a QB-friendly offense there in the passing game, uh, probably be throwing the ball a bit more than last year with Jalen. But, um, yeah, again, this is a list about the receivers, though. And I think in terms of if you think about a guy that if you could have any receiver on your team to, to bring in, uh, that I mean, there's not a lot of guys of A.J. Brown's ability available. Looking down this list yeah. that we have made here, I mean, really, obviously Tyreek gets traded and then A.J. Debo holding out a bit. That's more of a money thing than necessarily completely his usage, even if he – doesn't want to be used maybe as much of a running back but yeah I mean it's you don't have a ton of guys you'd come along often that you can trade for and I think even the package they're able to get for him compared to what we end up seeing with with the Tyreek deal I mean I don't know I I just think that the Eagles made out pretty well with the whole thing and uh uh, they had the they had the money they had the the ability to place them in there and I I'm just really excited to as you'll see when we talk about the Eagles I already talked about how I thought I'm gonna have to look back and see if they're win total has risen but man i i looked at their their over under uh, vegas win total and i was like this team they have the easiest schedule projected in the league they got they got bringing aj brown their defense is getting better i mean i don't know uh, I, i'm definitely when we get to the nfc east episode i'm gonna have some good things to say about philadelphia and aj brown's a big part of it yeah he is for sure and like you said it will be very interesting to see how things progress there just in terms of what they're able to accomplish offensively now that they do have him added to the mix so all right there are our top 10 um like we said i mean there's a there's so an interesting many. group beyond that dk dk is the one i was thinking of i was talking mm-hmm. about kind of how his situation is going to change dramatically now um oh yeah <laughs> to say the least I, I mean really when you think about it we talk about sort of a difference from tyreek hill going to miami but i think of all of these wide receivers i don't think there's anyone now we could have said mike evans had tom brady retired but yeah <laughs> i don't think anyone's situation is going to change as dramatically is DK Metcalf going from Russell Wilson to who knows um, at quarterback? So I, I think that's a Gino. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to be great if that's the situation. So, um, so, but again, I, from from his talent standpoint, it's hard to leave him off this top ten. Um, like you mentioned, I think T. Higgins, another guy you throw in there, Terry McLaurin. Um, I mean, my goodness, right? Like there's guys like Chris Godwin that are yep. still out there. Who else? Um, Keenan, Keenan Allen. Yeah, Keenan Allen, CeeDee Lamb, someone that, you know, obviously it's understandable why you'd be high on him. Our guy, Allen Robinson, who we had on our list at number five last year, <laughs> um, has a new team, but I think it's just, again, there's probably a little too many unknowns at this point. Um, so, yeah, so, so there's your there's your list. Um, I don't know if anyone else, you know, you would throw in that mix, but – Man, it's it's interesting to look at our list this year versus our list last year, which, as we said earlier, we did have Julio Jones at seven. Now, we know Julio is in a very good situation now. Yes. As he's going to join <laughs> Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. But, um, 
I don't think necessarily he's going to be in our top ten next year, but no, could be wrong. Um, but yeah, this is this is something like could Michael Thomas have a resurgence? He was number nine on our list last year. Um, man, there's a lot of good receivers out there. Yeah, we've seen guys with change of sceneries have resurgences, even if it doesn't happen all the time. I mean, Julio's still an all-time receiver, so I guess, like you're saying, I was like, no, but then I was like, well, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm not expecting him to be Randy Moss and the Patriots, but um, I do think that there's a chance that he puts up pretty big numbers um, with an offense. It's going to be just very different than what he just was in in Tennessee and his usage rate and uh, the opportunities are going to be afforded to him by having two guys that are arguably top 10-ish receivers. If you if you want to throw in Godwin on someone's list, I wouldn't uh, be surprised. Uh, you mentioned other names. I don't know if there's anyone. Uh, let me look at the DYR stats from last year, though, to give an idea of guys in the yeah, – or T. Higgins was number five. So, I mean, that – he he's up there to, in what they're able to do. He had a higher rate than Chase barely even with his stats, um, his efficiency numbers. Tyler Lockett, a close in there, but similar to what you said with DK. Uh, big changes happening that are going to really affect him. Uh, guys that I want to put in the top ten list, but I still think you'd love to have on your team that are uh, they're both at uh, the 10th and 12th in DYR last year, Hunter Renfro, the Raiders, and Mike Williams of the Chargers. I, I mean, really important guys to their offenses that fill their roles insanely well. And, I mean, Hunter Renfro, just a ridiculous route runner. Mike Williams, such a great ball winner outside threat with Justin Herbert. But when you look at our the list we've made, I mean, I, I just think you could put these 10 guys in any team, and while they're not going to have the best situation uh, compared to where they might have been, in, like we're mentioning with Tyreek uh, in particular, going from Mahomes to Tua, but I still think their impact and what they can do, and they bring so many things to the table. I mean, it's just I feel pretty good about this ten. Even if guys like yeah, when you're you're approaching guys that should be on this list or could have been on this list, I think DK's right there as you mentioned. I think him, T. Higgins, and Godwin maybe in my next three in some order. Then after that, Keenan, CD, and um, uh, McLaurin. But yeah, it's it's a pretty I you would <laughs> that's what that next group is so good still and it's just it's really fun we're and it just seems like every year we're adding guys to the list like a jamar chase um and it, yeah. it just feels like well it won't be long till we have another uh receiver rookie receiver young receiver that joins these ranks it just keeps happening and the, the guys are amazing um so many just as we already talked about those situations that make it difficult to imagine um right now uh maybe maybe olave with if, if james can stay healthy has a chance to put up some big numbers in an offense that has needed um a receiver obviously Mike, michael thomas coming back is really important but uh, maybe he has a chance along with we mentioned Christian Watson um, there in Green Bay, but there's a ton of really talented guys. We'll just see if they're able to show the show the ability that they have based on the situations they're in next year. Yep, we'll see how it plays out, and uh, of course, uh, have it all covered heading into the season. Over clutch points, a lot of NFL stuff going on over there, Dylan, and uh, obviously baseball as well, and uh, plenty of stuff happening there right now. Yeah, you can follow MLB games in the Clutch Points app. Preseason games are are ready to follow there in the Clutch Points app. Tons of coverage, looking at training camp battles, tons of news now, now that all the teams are at camp. It's press conference galore, uh, big moves happening left and right, obviously Julio joining the Pucks. Um, uh, tons of things that we have covered and will continue to, to be going through um, at Clutch Points in the NFL section of the app and on the website. Yep, check it all out and uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast any podcast that you use to the class the past. And thanks as always for listening to the podcast and we'll talk to you next time here on the Fast Podcast.